welcome back to another episode of the Spirited Nerds Podcast. Here with me tonight, I have David and Shauna, and we are going to discuss episodes one through three of Moon Knight, the first half of this new Disney Plus TV show, um, Disney Plus TV series. Uh, before we do that, we're going to kick it over to Shauna, who's going to tell us what we're drinking on tonight. Go ahead, Shauna. We're missing Mariah tonight, so tonight I am going to act as your mixologist for everybody who is uh, a Mariah fan, and we all are. She'll be back with us shortly. Don't you worry. But what are we drinking tonight? So tonight we are drinking something called a Whiskey Moon. And I found this on the Blue Moon website. So it is one, it's eight ounces of uh, Blue Moon, the Belgian white uh, from Blue Moon, shocker. Uh, It's one and a half ounces of whiskey, three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, and one quarter ounce of simple syrup. I am drinking this tonight. And let me just take a little hit here. Like, it's not bad. It reminds me of another drink, but I can't really put my finger on what it is. Is it too much lemon? Because I, f- I feel like when I heard three quarters of an ounce of lemon, I was like, that's too much fucking. That's too much lemon. Shauna is the only one drinking this tonight. Life got to me. So I have a blue moon. <laughs> I just couldn't. I couldn't take the time out to make a simple syrup real quick. And David, you're drinking bourbon? I'm drinking Michter's small batch. I have celiac disease, so I can't drink beer. So, I drink uh, bourbon and Trulies now. That's my... Oh, Shana, that's my most. <laughs> no, I have another Blue Moon. I'm actually, at the moment, I'm now comparing a straight Blue Moon with the Whiskey now she... <laughs> <laughs> So, now she's just rubbing it in my face. <laughs> Take <laughs> that, awesome that, that, her, that her body can process gluten. <laughs> <laughs> and I can cheers myself. Um... <laughs> and she just yeah. did. <laughs> so, you can definitely taste the whiskey. The lemon is very faint. The simple syrup, I don't even know what it does, to be honest. Like, it's like simple syrup is literally just sugar water. I don't really get it. About, it's it's got to counteract that lemon because that's a lot of lemon for that. That's recipe. what the website said. The website yeah. said that it was there to, count, to uh, take away the tartness. That's it. It is nice. I'm a whiskey drinker, so this is a, a nice little cocktail for me. Um, would I make it regularly? Probably not. All right. Thank you, Shauna, for the drink. So let's talk about Moon Knight episodes one through three. Shauna, you have a quick summary for us? All right. So here's the recap of Moon Knight episodes one through three. First, we meet Stephen Grant, who's working in London at a museum gift shop. He is especially enthralled by Egyptian mythology and civilization. He's a smarty pants, so we immediately wonder why he's in the gift shop and not, say, a tour guide. Uh, But we do learn quickly that he's not exactly reliable. He says his body walks off sometimes, and he's got some very intense systems at home to keep his body from wandering off while he sleeps. We also meet Arthur Harrow in a very visceral way when he's loading shards of glass into his shoes. We know he's way more dedicated to his lifestyle than any reasonable person would be because, yep, it's a cult. This sets up the major conflicts of the series. Arthur Harrow is an avatar of Amit, and Stephen is the avatar of Khonshu, but, like, only sort of. Back to that in a minute. The first three episodes focus on the search for a scarab that will direct Harrow to a tomb where he will be able to free Amit, whose goal is to eradicate evil by wiping out all people with any potential for evil at all. The Harrow and Steven conflict is only one of the conflicts that we're seeing play out, however. As the end of episode one, we're introduced to Mark Spector, another one of Steven's personalities, a mercenary who's actually the avatar of Conchu, since he's the one who made that deal. Not only did he make that deal, 
Uh, but he's also got a whole ass wife named Layla, a verified badass and daughter to an archaeologist who we learn uh, a little bit more later um, has since died while Mark was there and uh, will be Conchu's next avatar unless Mark and slash Steven behave. In episode three, we're in Egypt, uh, modern day Cairo to be specific. We are quickly confirmed to have seen a third personality, but we'll just call him Jake. Uh, he murdered us, kills some cultist dudes, and Mark and Conchu hatch a plan to get the gods' attention by creating a solar eclipse to alert them to the fact that Harrow is about to unearth Amit. This leads to a trial under the Great Pyramid at Giza with the avatars of all the other Egyptian gods. Mark and Conchu is basically ratting out Harrow, Amit, and they, you know, Harrow and Amit deny it, the other gods believe him, and they tell Conchu not to mess with the sky again, or he'll be encased in stone, uh, which is the exact thing that happens at the end of the episode after a bunch of running around trying to track down a stolen sarcophagus that will lead them to Amit's tomb. And that's where we're at with the series. Spoilers ahead for if you have not seen episodes one through three, um, because we are going to be talking in depth about the show. So definitely spoilers ahead. All right. So David? Where do you want to start? Okay, so I feel like the best place to start would be a very quick rundown of where we're at. Okay. Because, I mean, I don't, I don't have any answers for you because the show's not giving us any. But basically, we have, we start off with one of the main characters, Arthur Harrow, um, who is played by Ethan Hawke and who so far is a rose in a field of shit. You like Ethan Hawke. You like his character. I love Ethan when wow. when the show started and he broke the glass and put it yeah. in his shoes, I was like, oh, I, I fell in love right there. And he hasn't let me down yet with the exception of that Mandarin he was trying to speak. I don't speak Mandarin. Uh, I don't speak Spanish. I don't speak French. I I have a loose grasp of the English language. <laughs> but I knew that wasn't Mandarin. I was like, what the fuck? What is he saying? That doesn't, it didn't feel right. It felt weird, but we'll yeah. get there. So I just read today too that Ethan Hawke came up with that sequence about the glass in the shoes. So, I mean, that was a visceral scene that caught my attention immediately, and I really loved it, and it really resonated. But apparently, it was something that he actually kind of came to himself and pitched it and said, "This is oh, where wow. I see this character." And the director and the writers were like, "Let's shoot it. I love it." And he also even the so down to the song, like he was like, "I want him listening to like Bob Dylan." Nice. I, I I did see that he he was a big fan of the freedom he had um as an actor to get ideas in there. And I'll tell you, like for me, I I feel like this is a show we have to talk about because I feel like after the six episodes are done, mm -hmm. it's it's going to do a lot as far as the way forward for the MCU. I could do without it, and th and that's weird for me because I'm usually not like that with MCU projects. Um, usually I'm the, I'm the person that'll wake up at 3am to watch them. So that way I know I'm not, nothing's going to get spoiled for me. I know I've texted Denise at 5am. Oh my God. <laughs> if I have not watched the show by nine, my priorities aren't in line. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> I need to stop what I'm doing and watch, and watch the show. I am really curious to hear your take on how this is going to impact the MCU. So if you want to save that for later, I'm I'm for that, but I'm super interested in, in your take on the implications of this show down the line. Yeah, because I yeah, felt no, that I can... cut you off while you were talking about Harrow. I'm sorry. 
no, no, you good. Like, I'll, I'll definitely tell you what I actually, think about yeah, that later. That shocked me. The fact that you like him actually shocked me. Love him. Because I, I don't like him. Love him so much. Mm. I, I love... The, the way I love him is, like, the opposite of the way I feel about one of Oscar Isaac's characters. But, okay, so just so for clarification, do you love him because he's Ethan Hawke, or do you love him as a character? Yes. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> B- both. <laughs> All of the above. I love Ethan Hawke as an actor, but I also like what he is doing with this role so far. Like I said, okay. Mandarin aside, I love everything else he's done so far. Okay. We start there, and from the very beginning of the show, they give us, they, they kind of set the tone to let us know, like, this is going to be a mythology-heavy show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's going it, to, this is one of those things where you can kind of tell, like, the MCU likes to split everything. You've got street level, and you've got superheroes, and then you've got space, you know, the, the space pirates and world building, but then you've also got a more biblical level, and that's kind of where we are now. So... We start out with Arthur, who is the willing follower of this Egyptian. I, I struggle to say God because I know not really. Kind of yeah. like, kind of like a Grim Reaper. It's not really a God, but you know, just as terrifying. So I don't see it's kind of splitting hairs to me. Yeah. But I know Denise. I know you're really excited about the the mythology aspect of it. I'm excited at the potential of this mythology aspect, and that's because. I am a history major and I have a minor in sociology. So I'm all about history and cultures and societies. So especially when you're a history major, Egypt civilization is one of the first things you get taught. It is the foundation of life. It is just the cradle. It, it so much comes from it. So I spent so much time reading and, and like just falling in love with Egyptian history and the, myth- mm-hmm. the mythology, yes, more so Greek mythology. That's where I really just, I nerd out on that so much. Um, Egyptian mythology, yes, to a, a certain degree. So I'm excited with the potential, especially in the right hands. Because, you know, we had stuff like The Mummy, where it was it was there. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I, I know in the right hands, in the right studio, with the right writing, the right directors, they can really bring this mythology and these, uh, these gods to life. And that is what I want to see. That's my hope. So far, I, I kind of, I know people kind of question the CGI with Kanshu in the first episode. Um, it got better, I think. So, and I, I love the way he is depicted in this show. Just how larger than life he is. That voice. They got the perfect actor to do his voice. I like him a lot. Episode three, when we got those avatars. Abraham does the voice, right? I don't think it's oh, his name. What's it? F. F. Murray. F. Murray Abraham. I think is his name. Yeah. Oh trust you okay because i don't know <laughs> I, I could i could be wrong i'm pretty sure that's what it is though you might not be i'm sure you're right but i just seeing the avatars so far i'm just like no please just give me the gods and all of their glory give it to me this is clearly why denise and i are friends because although i'm not <laughs> a history major exactly my degree is humanities and greek and roman studies so guess what i studied a lot of mythology mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so this is exactly in my wheelhouse. Everything that he said, and now let's put it in the MCU, where you have Thor. You have gods established. I want to see those, I want to see them interact. I want to see them go toe-to-toe. I want to see Thor interact with the Egyptian pantheon of gods. Like, I, they're already there. 
you've just seen them as like really buff, beautiful Chris Hemworth gods and Loki. <laughs> so they're they are there. This is a different facet, a different I, I don't have the word, but like a different kind of showing of gods. But yeah, like bring them out, let them let me see them. I want to see some heavy hitters. Yeah, I think that the introduction of Steven and Arthur Harrow and these people as avatars of gods is really interesting because like why didn't the Asgardians go that route? Why why haven't we seen them before? Are they are there more out there that we haven't really seen? Or is it just different language for what Loki was doing all along, just possessing people? No, they said in the show that the Egyptian gods are just upset because no one prays to them anymore and no one worships them anymore. So they're off. Oh, I walked just- right by that. Yeah, <laughs> they're off just hanging out in this other part, in this other planet, just having fun, just... And the overvoid. These... They're in the overvoid. And then these uh, avatars kind of are their representatives on Earth, so they don't have time for us anymore, because we don't have time for them. That's why they're not here. I don't know if I want to see them interacting with Thor or anybody. I just want to see them. No? I'm just happy with that first. Just bring them out first, and then we can kind of figure out where we go from there, but... I don't want to get to episode six and not see Isis or Isis. Me personally, I think that when you see him, you're not going to be happy. That's why I said the potential and my hope is. I think Kevin Feige is back on track with where he wants the show to movie ratio. And I think that this show coming out now with a limited run going into the summer is not on accident. Mm. And I think that they're more so going to be made examples rather than having like a big impact on the MCU. Okay. So by going into the summer, is that your coded way of saying leading up to Dr. Strange? <laughs> no, they, no, no, no. Like with them, I'm saying like leading up to Thor love and thunder. Okay. Okay. Before I said, I'm going to say, I know we said spoilers ahead and everything. Um, If I'm, if I'm right about this, I'd be super fucking excited because this is kind of giving me what I want. I feel like there's a reason in this Khonshu is basically segregated from everybody else and they are in the overvoid because we know there's a God Butcher coming. We know there's somebody whose sole purpose in the MCU is to show that he is so scary that he can literally kill gods. And there is a squad of objectively dumbasses sitting in the overvoid because that shit at the trial was some of the most juvenile shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so yes. I, I, I feel like Marvel wasn't worried about them looking smart or godly at all because they're basically just going to be, for all intents and purposes, just there to be used as an example to show how strong Gore the God Butcher is before Thor Love and Thunder. So they are God fodder. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot who's who's playing him again? Christian Bale. Christian Bale, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause uh, like I said, so you've got you've got Kantu who is protected in isolation on Earth. You've got Gore the God Butcher somewhere out there in the cosmos, and he has to get on Thor's radar somehow. And then you've got all of them in the overview in the overboard away from Earth, so there's no real repercussions there. But as we'll get into later, 
Gore or whoever else is paying attention, at least in the form of an illusion, just saw the sky roll 2,000 years backwards. <laughs> so, if nothing else, he's at least got a map of where he needs to come. Oof. And I, Ooh, and that's why okay. I think that this show is more connected to to Thor Love and Thunder than, than anything with Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I was about to say, one of the things that they don't typically do, or that I haven't seen them really do, is follow something back to back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's something in between that acts as a buffer. So yeah. I figured, because to me, I was like, well, maybe this does lead into it, because it, the last show ends the day before Multiverse of Madness. So maybe they time it up perfectly. But then I was like, no. They would never do that to us. Why would they? That's that's. <laughs> they would never answer our questions that quickly. So it, this is like you said. This is for something else that's coming down the line, and WandaVision is what really ties into Doctor Strange and No Way Home. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I yeah. I I love all of this. The shows are basically like so that we don't lose interest before the movies. So I feel like this one, like Wandavision is what brought us really into Multiverse of Madness. And then yeah. we're going to go from here with Moon Knight into Thor Love and Thunder. Okay, so I think right now would be a good time for us to take a break and then hopefully get back on track when we come back. Hey, we're back. There are more people in this show than Arthur Harrow. <laughs> <laughs> One of them... Uh, one of them is named Stephen Grant, and I hate him. Oh no! I don't God, hate, I hate him. Oh, look, he speaks to my Denise's nerd hearts. As he does. Love I will he say is he the is worst. He was the. There are times where I'm just like, yo, shut the fuck up, just shut the fuck up. When he's begging any for the amount body, of situational awareness, I'm like, you do not want the body right now. Shut up. There, there are times where I'm just like, stop. When he took the, when he was in the storage unit and he took the bag and he ran out, I was like, where are you going with this? Like, where are you Mark going? Mark is clearly telling you what needs to happen right now. Just stop. Just stop. Episode one. <laughs> he said, let's take it all the way back. <laughs> I'm trying to compose myself before I speak because I don't want to come off as just being hateful. Mm-hmm. Which means it is going to be hateful, so I can't wait for this. <laughs> it, is, it is taking me a second. Yeah. He wakes up. And mm-hmm. and if you're listening to this, I have to assume you have a at least casual knowledge of the show to this point. So I'm not going to go over the minutiae. But the scene where he wakes up outside of the castle, I get it. When you first wake up, yeah, you're confused. You're probably groggy. You don't know what's happening. You're yeah. in pain. I understand yeah. that. At some point, a person who is pretending to be as smart as he is, realizes, you know what, man? Aliens attacked New York City. More than once. We saw spaceships come from the sky. We know that wizards are real. We know that gods are real. We know that, to at a minimum, Thor and, and Loki and Odin are, are real people. Yeah. We know that we have wizards here capable of stopping a space titan. We know that it's possible for half of the population on this planet to disappear and come back. Yep. Why are you so amazed at what is happening? Like, I mean, and I don't, I don't mean amazed at by what's like at what's happening to you. Like, oh my gosh, like this is supposed to be commonplace. Uh, no, but I mean, like, just in denial of it, 
as somebody who sleeps with sand around their bed, literally latched to their bed. At some point, he's got to say, you know what? Yeah, maybe I'm, maybe I'm in the shit. Not just that. I also hate the fact that for as smart as they want me to think he is with, with knowing multiple languages and his depth of knowledge when it comes to just mythology, he cannot grasp the gravity of a situation almost literally to save his life. Yeah, that, that does like, bother me. He know, like, he knows. He told, when he gave Mark control at the end of the first episode and he willingly turns into Moon Knight to kill this jackal that he knows was there and he's and he's at this point I have to imagine he's watching from the mirror he knows this is real to the point where he comes back to security in the second episode like hey mate look at this and this is all strange isn't it you know like what like watch what's going to happen here and then when he yeah. doesn't see the jackal, he's like, oh, what's, what, why not? And then Mark shows up, and the second, every time he talks to Mark, it's like he is disgusted with who Mark is, but he is in no way, shape, or form curious about the very real life that Mark has been living when Stephen has been asleep. I think it's a really and, good yeah. point, yeah. And not like not watching from the mirror dimension where where Mark is always watching from, but Stephen has had zero knowledge of what's been going on to this point. So, in episode two, when he finds out that he is married, he finds out that he's got all these passports and money. He was alive in in New York during the blip when he got the passport. All of this stuff, he he has no questions, nothing. He's just like, give me the body back. And I need to shove you down as far as I can because you're dangerous. And maybe that's a natural reaction. I I don't see how. Not after not after you've actually seen the stuff going on. Yeah. And not only that, he has no questions, and he actively tries to sabotage his other personality. But like Denise was saying, he grabs the bag and just starts running and he's so so then he's he's decided that they're enemies right away but without asking any questions at all you're right he's like I'm, go- right. I'm going to the police that's what he said yeah. there's a there's a passport with your fucking picture on it with a <laughs> fake name with a gun a yeah. bunch of money and you're in the words out of your mouth are i'm going to the police yeah for who <laughs> yeah with his face, they're going to throw him right in jail. I feel bad for him on a level, though, like when um, everyone calls him every name other than his name, when people just use his uh, his mental illness against him. There are times I feel bad for him. So when he finally gets to his, like I said, he went from a dud to a stud moment in the end where Layla was like, I need, I need Steven right now. Give me Steven. Because he was the only one in that moment who could solve those codes and figure out the constellations and how everything, all that worked. It was like his time to shine. And I love that for him, just how he felt useful. I, David, Even I then, just, he I turned just, into a it. whiny little shit when Conchu was like, yeah, man, we got to turn the stars back. And he's like, oh, I can't hold on anymore, can it I? It hurts. It, it hurts. Oh. I'm like, come on, man. It's like, Is that your British accent? Mine and his. I don't... Um, 
excited for him that his dreams were coming true when he was in the Pyramid of Giza and the look on his face. He didn't have anything to say to Mark. Mark was actually going before like a trial and he was like, we're in the pyramid. He was just so excited. Mm-hmm. So I I liked that part where he got where he got to he got to shine. I did like that for him. I will say, and I know you like Arthur Harrow. I love the performance that Oscar Isaac is putting on, though. Oh no, it's where he it's amazing. Is seamlessly, yes, going back in between the two. Yeah. When he was in the desert and had to summon, like willingly summon Stephen out, and just how he just—I mean, just like that—went from being Mark to Stephen, and it was just all in the face. He softened his face enough. It was just his performance in it in this. In these three episodes perfect for me denise at the trial with the gods where you on yeah. his face could yes. read mark struggling to understand how conchu was speaking through his mouth for the first time because hathor yes. teed it up and she said you should probably just give up all control but you could see it playing out that he was uncomfortable with this he didn't know what was going on mark specter as the character but Kanju's words were coming out of his mouth. And even though he's Kanju's avatar, avatar, this is not something that he's familiar with. And he was very uh, like rattled by the entire experience. And so I, I 100% agree. It was like his, his performance has been very compelling. One of my favorite performances he did was actually like a callback to the Ghostbusters. One of my favorite scenes in the Ghostbusters movie. Where he was throwing, being thrown around in the alley, you know, because he's fighting the Jacqueline. No one else yeah. can see him. So it looks like he's just throwing himself around. It made me think of Ghostbusters when Rick Moranis was fighting with that the, that little demon in front of the restaurant. And he's being thrown around in front of the window and he's trying to get help and he looks all crazy. Am I the only one who remembers that scene? I don't remember it. Oh, God. But yes, uh, Oscar Isaac is putting on a goddamn masterclass uh, with this performance as Steven and he Mark is. so far. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully Jake, and I will, know we'll get to that, but I, I cannot wait to see that third persona come out. I love what Oscar Isaac is doing with this role. Accent aside, mm-hmm. I think he's doing an amazing job, and I feel like he is suffering from what a couple other characters are suffering from, and that is they're being failed by the writers. There's nothing, I mean, like, no matter how well he says what he says, there are still, those are still the words coming out of his mouth. And I know he didn't put them there. Um, But it's hard, it, it, in the moment, it's hard to separate Steven from the, the, to me, the bad writing that he's been getting so far. So, and yeah, we can take a break whenever we need to. And this is 100% speculation at this point, and just your opinion, David, because you'd said that you really love and had heard about all of the chances that Ethan Hawke was taking because he had the freedom to. Do you feel like Oscar Isaac is not pushing for better lines? Or, like, how do you... Because those are the two principal characters right now, so you're saying that Oscar Isaac is being fed bad writing but Ethan Hawke is capitalizing on the same writing or his freedom is turning it on its head or I feel like they presented him with a character they said okay this is what we need your character to do maybe and maybe it's one of those things where it's like you can operate inside these parameters but we need you to stay in these parameters 
when you really get into it, like with the trial, when Arthur gets there and he just automatically goes into, yeah, man, he's, he's, he's crazy. Don't worry about him. And everybody's just like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. Or when he goes to, um, Mogar, Mogart, uh, Midnight Man, or when he, when he go, when they go there to see him and then Arthur just kind of shows up and says, Hey, I can show you real power. And he just kind of crashes some of his shit and walks off. Yeah. I, I think there are things that have to happen and maybe they give them wiggle room inside of those things, but those things still have to be there. They really want Steven to just come off as sniveling. And I think that no matter what Oscar Isaac does, that's what they want for Steven. They want him to be the weak one. And I'm sure maybe it'll change later, but like he, like there are times when Mark is in the middle of a fist fight or a fight where he's getting javelins, you know, basically swung at his face. And Steven's like, Hey Mark, stop. And I was like, stop and do what? Like you just want him to stop and die or you want him to stop fighting. Like you're, you're in it now. And you know this because you can see everything that's happening and you're still just trying to take the body back so you can run. And I don't understand that. I understand. Uh, okay. I, I get your point now, but I was just interested in your take on one actor capitalizing on freedom and the other actor being trapped by the writing. That's a much more succinct way of saying it, isn't it? <laughs> I think that would be a good time for us to take a break. So we will be, we will be right back. All right, we are back. I want to go less negative, so we're going to talk about Mark now. <laughs> um, Denise, do you have any initial thoughts? Like like when you first met Mark, did you have any initial thoughts on on how you felt? Of, like, did you feel the same way for him as you did about Steven? Or... No, I didn't feel bad for him. I, uh, I felt like I got to know Steven a little bit more up front, so I think I had more initial feelings and thoughts on Steven, mm-hmm. except when it came down to it, I kind of just wanted Steven to just stay away and let Mark handle it. Um, even now, I don't have too many thoughts on Mark because at this moment, I'm like, who is this third person? Like, I got you. So yeah, I don't, I don't have many thoughts on Mark. Okay. My biggest question about Mark is, can I please have your time management? philosophy because he appears to not be the dominant personality to this point but he has a whole life and whole like career as an assassin and conscious avatar and steven has held down until the second episode i think a, a job at this museum so i don't know how he's reporting to work every day unless part of that is mark and he's just an assassin on the side um but yeah we haven't spend enough time with Mark for me to have very strong feelings on him, aside from again, how are you managing your time? Because right. I can hardly manage a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> um, no thoughts on Mark, really. I'm surprised. What are your thoughts on Mark? I feel, and and, and I could be wrong, and, and, and I hope, I don't hope I'm wrong, but I hope this is one of those things where my investment into a character pays off. I feel... Mm-hmm. very sad for Mark. And I, and I feel sad for Mark because I feel like up until, because he makes mention of it when they're, when him and, and Layla are on the ship going to see um old boy about the sarcophagus. He says, I, you know, I had everything under control until recently. And I feel like Mark 
was the dominant personality. I feel like when Mark got that passport, I know it was probably from the same person Layla got hers from. Uh, but the time, like you know, the the time difference kind of puts Mark in the driver's seat. Then, the fact that Stephen is super under the impression that the flat he lives in is his mom's. Um, the fact that everybody at work gets his name wrong. The fact that they laugh at the idea that he would be a tour guide, even though he quote unquote knows so much about Egypt. I feel like Stephen just kind of materialized as a personality. And I feel like he has been taking away from from Mark's life. Like when Mark, I guess at some point, Mark says that, well, Mark files for divorce, pretty much. And I feel like he does that to save Layla because he's now in the situation with Kanshu when he's wrapped up with all this other shit. So he doesn't want anything to happen to her. And he has to watch Steven ignore ignore him and act like he has the agency in that situation, even though he admittedly doesn't know what's going on. So Mark has to basically watch this woman he loves get put back in danger after he fought so hard and took so much of a loss in leaving her. And it, it, it makes me sad for him because he thought he at least, if nothing else, he had her safe. And now that's not even good anymore. Not only that, but do you see the way Layla looks at Steven? She is in love with him. Versus the way she looks at Mark? Yes. Mm-hmm. If I was Mark, I would be lying if I said that didn't hurt. Because <laughs> Mark <laughs> sees it too. <laughs> Homegirl is in love with like, Steven. Like, nigga, who are you speaking French to right now? <laughs> like, you just, y'all just going to quote poetry together? Like, I I know you hear me, motherfucker. Like... <laughs> They reading hieroglyphs together. She's but it she, sucks because without hesitation, Mark is actively trying to say, "Yo, get her the fuck out of here. You are putting her life in danger. Get her out." Mm-hmm. And Steve is just like, mm-hmm. and fucking, and they're googling on each other. And Mark knows what's coming because Conch was telling him, "Hey, look, if you fuck this up, I'm taking her as my avatar." Do you really think he's going to do that? Or do you think he's just called, he's just bluffing to get Mark to do what he wants? Fuck yeah, I think he's going to do it. Yeah, she's pretty badass. She's like a like a little Laura Croft. Yeah. We're going to turn our attention more in depth to the third personality that is so far that we know lives in this in Oscar Isaac's head. But one thing that struck me was we were introduced to this personality, I think, much sooner than the third episode where we actually see that Mark and Steven are confused about a time blackout because if you think back to the, I think it's the first episode where Steven quote unquote has made a date with this hot tour guide, but everything you're saying about Mark and Layla is 100% true. Mark was not about to make a date with a tour guide. No, that was Jake. Right. So this is the thing like, and the third episode we officially kind of, notice that there's some time loss between the two of them but there's always been a third personality there and there's been some very quiet hints about this other person so you're calling him jake david why don't you tell us a little bit about jake so if the mcu does what i think they're going to do where they keep a loose tie-in to the comic books i'm not going to go deep into the comic books on who jake is but in the comic books jake is just another personality that is inside Moon Knight. He's the more, uh, how you want to call it, no bullshit. 
like he's a cab he's a cabbie he's a man on the street kind of character and that's why i think these things that have been happening where like in the last episode where which is interesting for me like when mark is the one who blacks out like you keep seeing it from steven's perspective the rapid the music gets real fast and everything and then when it comes back to he's like oh what just happened you keep seeing it happen to steven when mark takes control but now you see it happen to mark when who i'm assuming is jake takes control and steven's on the other side of it like what just happened to you like the fuck you just do and mark's like what are you talking about i didn't do anything you know like what did you do and i think both of them kind of figure out okay we're not the only ones here but i also think that yeah yeah he, he probably did set that day he probably be the like if, if that's the personality they're going to give us this kind of guy like shoot first ask questions later then yeah i could see him making that date just not really caring if he was there or not because he doesn't come up too often between the date and stabbing those guys in the desert so yeah that has to be pretty exhausting i can't imagine because one thing that oscar isaac does kind of portray really well is just how exhausting mentally physically it is to just bounce back and forth between those personas Mm -hmm. and (laughs) i remember at one point just watching it and i just it made me just anxious because i'm like it's it's a lot being one person out here in this world. I can't imagine being two, like having two personas, right. just two personalities. I can't imagine how exhausting that has to be. And I kind of, you feel it when he fell to the floor in that in that um, pyramid in Giza, when they were like, you know, do you need help? And he was like, yeah, as Mark, yeah. which surprised me because Stephen, yes, will say he needs help in a, in a heartbeat. Mark is that it is that mercenary, you know what I mean? Like he murders people. Mm-hmm. He has a handle on things, and he fell to the ground and was like, "I need help." Because I think so. Him saying in that moment, but I say mm-hmm. I think up to that point, he had an understanding of what was going on between him and Stephen. Yeah. So now this third person yeah. is here. He doesn't know who you are or what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I need help. Yeah. Yes. So historically, with these Disney Plus episodes, episode four is where we get real and. I feel like next week is where we see him and where things take a turn and where we start to, where everything starts to, starts to get real. God, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, like so far it's just been questions. I don't give a shit about with no answers. So I hope even like right now, it's like your boy Harrow. Yeah. What's the big plot? What's, what's the, what's the big plan? Release what's Amit. the villain plan? And do what? Kill everybody. And that's what they're saying. Save millions of people. I'm like, from what? From the other people. They're gonna go around and, and hold hands with everybody and judge people. Like, no, I think with, with what's what's happening with Amit being there. I don't think you need the whole hand holding thing because you would have Amit's power there. At first, I thought Amit was like encased in, in, in stone, like they did to Kantu, but that can't be the case because when they put Kantu in stone, that took away Moon Knight's powers. So Amit's gotta be just buried right, somewhere. Just buried somewhere and can't get out, mm-hmm. or it's a mm-hmm. trick because. If you can give Harold your power, you can at least get out enough to do that. Well, he was saying she only he only has limited power. He only has a little bit of her power. He kept saying that. Yeah, I I got I gotta get to something positive. Let's yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Part of the problem that you know I've read in reviews about, and and I know the director said that he was tired of seeing only ancient Egypt, and even in yeah. modern mm-hmm. times, an Egypt that was not modern and um yeah when i was watching it all i wanted to do was play assassin's creed origins which is set in ancient egypt so i mean it was funny like coming into episode three or just watching episode three i feel like the pacing was off 
But I feel like that's because, and I mean, I understand it now, I guess, but he took time to like show clips of Egypt and things that he probably didn't need to show. And as I was watching it, I was like, why does this feel like a tourism like ad for Egypt? Like it just felt like I'm seeing a lot of Egypt right now. Like I, I need to be watching this show. There's only six episodes. Get me up on the show. Meanwhile, it felt like I'm getting a welcome to Egypt, like an intro to Cairo. I'm like, I, what is, why? And then the reason, go ahead. I'm about to say for me, the reason that happened is the same reason we got, oh man. If the black delegation kicks me out after this, I completely understand. But mm-hmm. the reason we got that tourism video is the same reason we got the 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 whole shit with Black Panther, where it's like it's so black, it's like the blackest thing you've ever seen in your fucking life, and everybody's crossing their hands, screaming Wakanda forever at everybody, and Nancy Pelosi's wearing the fucking dashiki and and all sort of shit. It's 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 a lack of representation beforehand. Or an insulting yeah. representation beforehand, and I feel like maybe he's trying to overcorrect. Oh no, he is. He he said it. It was the um. It has been anywhere you look, you see villains and you see air. It's Arabs and oil, and you know you get sandstorms. And um, he even called out Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, and was like, "This didn't even look like it. It was nineteen eighty four. It looks like you shot this in medieval times." Right. So. He was trying to overcorrect. In doing that, I feel like we got a weird pacing when it came to episode three. Yes. Because I was like, I why am I why am I seeing this right now? Yeah, it, it, it seemed like there were a show. lot of other places we should have been other than focusing on yes. how beautiful Egypt right. and it's be, it is beautiful. Gorgeous. And so is Wakanda. Please, I, I love <laughs> it can't end here. I just started a podcast. Like, don't get rid of me yet, but <laughs> <laughs> Like, God damn it, man. Any, all right, moving on. Um. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> but yes, um, the pacing just fell off. Episode three fell off. Like, episode two was there for me. I feel like we took a step back when it came to episode three and how we were moving along with the story. I know they typically will give people the first few episodes, and I know for this show they gave people the first four episodes, and yeah. I feel like that was probably by design because... I don't. I feel like they got feedback on the first three, and we're like, okay, we got to give them four. Right. I don't know. They've asked a lot of questions. Like they've asked a lot of questions, or they posed a lot of questions. They haven't answered any of them, and for most of the questions they posed in the first two episodes, they just kind of added more onto the third episode. So it's like, okay, at some point for there to be a payoff, you have to start answering these questions. And yeah. with only three episodes left, can you do it in a way that's not forced? To the point where they had me even wondering, why are we even seeing Moon Knight? I know we're going the route of vampires and werewolves. Yeah. Um, I know with the QR codes, you know, they have the QR codes where you scan them in the episode. You get the mm-hmm. werewolf, the two werewolf by knife editions. And then um, I think you get what one Moon Knight title. Marvel is actually going to do a werewolf by night uh, spinoff series. I think it's a one episode show. Like a Halloween. Like a Halloween special. Episode yeah. series yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I just wonder how many more introductions are we going to get? Right. And I just, where are we going with this? I'm, I mean, they have me until the end or unless they really just screw it up, but it's just, but just how, how much more, how much more do I have coming? How many more introductions do I have coming? Like I said, like from where, from where I am, I feel like the end of this show is going to push us into something else. And, and 
if it's not Thor Love and Thunder, then then maybe it's another MCU project. But I feel like this isn't setting up some kind of Moon Knight brand. It's just another one of those. Albeit, I'm sure the last three episodes are going to affirm that it's a good show. But I feel like right now it's being used as a vehicle to push something else. Um, I'm excited for what that something else is. I just hope that it's not as haphazardly written as this is. And and maybe the last three episodes proved me wrong. I fucking doubt it. I think that would be a good time for us to take a break. So we will be we will be right back. So question for you guys, because I just just curious, does this whole Arthur Harrow utopia look like the dream to you? It looks like he is being sold a false bill of goods. And I think that he's pushing it onto them. But I also think that the cult, the cult at his base is bullshit. Because yeah. it, it, it doesn't, nothing they've shown me is anything I would kill a man for. Do you think this is like a situation where Ahmed is just using him to come back and when she comes back, she's going to kill him? Or do they need to be, they don't need to be tethered to somebody, right? If it's even Ahmed. You don't think it's Ahmed? Why would it be? I don't know, because he's that's what he's been saying this whole time. Ahmed wasn't that powerful. So if Ahmed if Ahmed yeah. if Ahmed does come back, it's not like there's a challenge there. Osiris and everybody else just encases her in stone and that's the end of that story. Hmm. They've got avatars on Earth specifically to watch for shit like this. I don't understand what the, like I said, I don't understand where the show's going. Yeah. Well, that's what next next Wednesday? Wednesday. Hopefully. Next Wednesday is for. Okay, so about the wild shit that has been happening to all of the regular ass people on Earth. They gotta be sick of this shit, right? Gotta be sick of this shit. That's exactly they had to what watch my, my they had to said. watch New York get attacked. They had to watch a town of people get fucking taken over and mind control. They had to watch one quarter of a celestial come out of the fucking earth and just kind of get turned into Half marble. of them disappeared. Half of them disappeared and came back. After after this thing comes out of the earth, another one just shows up in the atmosphere and yanks three people out of a park in London? Yes. They know who Thor is. They know who Thanos is. They've seen half of Earth disappear. They've they watched everything that happened in No Way Home. The fucking sky tore itself apart. The sky tore itself apart, and now they look up in the sky, and it's rewinding. And you have to you have to think that a lot of people, at least enough, believed the bill of goods that they got from Mysterio, as far as like the fire monster and the water monster. They believed all those things were real. So then, in the span of a few hours, you watch a full eclipse happen, and then the sky just... They don't know they're going back in time or forward in time or whatever the sky's doing. They just see it happening. They just see it happening. But is this whole, like, a don't look up thing and a, and a oh, it's a hoax? Like, you, you, as much as, of course, they have to be sick of it, I think us who live in the United States have seen plenty of denialism in the last few years and we've seen people look something dead in the face and go that's fake that that didn't happen it, it's still happening where you have video evidence of 
any kind of atrocity, and they go, it's fake news. It's fine. The world is not the way you think it is. So, yes, I think there is a popula- there is a certain population of Earth 616 who is totally fed up. And I think there are a mm-hmm. bunch of others on Earth 616 that are saying, it's fine. Didn't happen. We're all fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, after event, after event, after event, after event, after event, after event, after event. I feel like that number comes from a bunch to just dwindling down. So I feel like at this point, (laughs) the number of people who look up and see the sky rewinding and are like, man, get out of here. It's like five. It has to be. If it's any more than that, I don't know. But that was just my thought when I was watching it. I was like, I know they got to be tired of this shit. They have to be. I'm tired of it for them. (laughs) I was surprised when nobody went inside. Like, like the the sky just, I mean, the sky just started, and like I said, backwards or forwards, as you're sitting on Earth and looking up, you don't know. Everybody, they stopped their cars, they got out and just started staring. I was like, what the, y'all haven't learned yet to to go indoors, to just get away from that shit? Get away from what? Where are you going to run? Where are you running to? Inside. I can't see the sky. Sky can't see me. Nothing. I don't know. That's how that works. You're right. Wait for Black Panther. The toddler. The toddler belief. Like, do you get under a desk? Do you get in a door frame? Like, what disaster training do you employ in that moment? Is it earthquake? Is it fire? Is it tsunami? Is it hurricane? Like, I don't know. Oh, man. Now I want to, like, do they have Hulk drills? They got to. Do they have, like, they must, Loki, like. Yes. Like, invasion drills, maybe? Something like that? Drills. Yes. Because yeah. this happened more than once. I mean, you at this point, you have to, right? Yeah, but what do you do? Do you know, it's funny because I was in my uh, my office building the other day and it's on like the eighth floor. It's got glass windows. And I'm like, you know, it's not lost on me. They're like, Hulk could just come smash. I mean, not that he would. Like, just come smashing in this window right now. I mean, if someone said Hulk smash, you would be in jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah. Or just some fight just come right into this, this building right now. And that's how they live every day. And I couldn't be me. Quick question. Does anybody remember all the guys that were in that room for the trial? Oh, pop no. quiz. Okay, cool. I don't either. And like I said, I, I, from that clip, I realized I'd been saying the name Isis wrong the whole time because they didn't say Isis. I think they said Isis. Isis, yeah. Which is also just, it's it's really funny because, you know, Egyptian historians are cracking their knuckles right now. Like, it's my time to shine with those hieroglyphs that came up mm-hmm. and then all of the artifacts that we're seeing in the show. There are a few on Twitter that are like that will watch the show and have threads going on every single thing that's happening in the show. And they'll break down all of the Egyptian history, all of the gods, all of the goddesses. They'll break down like facts every week. And it's really interesting to follow along on these threads and see them translate the, um, the, the scarabs and, and, the, uh, and the artifacts in the show. I'm loving the fact that they are watching... And they are kind of just breaking down just the Egyptian history for those of us who don't get into the weeds like they do right. um, for us so that we can see it. So, Because it, it is cool how much they're putting into the show. So, more than me and Shauna, you seem to be really hyped up about the Werewolf by Night thing. Oh. With that happening, do you think that Moon Knight kind of gets spun? I mean, obviously he gets spun into Werewolf by Night, but do you think he from there he gets spun into a... Midnight Suns type of situation? Because I know a lot of people want that. I hope so. I don't, I, I genuinely don't know where they're going with this because it's, there are some times where I'm like, 
I know we're going Celestial, but then we still have um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then I know Secret Invasion is coming. Like, there's a lot of things happening right now. There's not, like, I don't understand where we're going right now with this phase. For me, I, f- I feel like we're going mm-hmm. the same place we went the first time. Like, we had the street level stuff, and then we had the celestial stuff, and then we had those in betweens with the magic and everything that was needed to really bring Thanos into this world the way they wanted to. And I feel like that's the same thing that's happening with Kang right now. So we're going to have those street level yeah. guys. We're going to have the celestial events. We're going to have gods involved because it pertains to the multiverse as a whole. I feel like they're just trying to get all their ducks in a row before they really bring him in. Yeah, I just mean that before we just had our only outlet or only source of reference was movies. Movies is where we got all of our information. Now we're getting it from movies and we're getting it from TV shows and we're even getting it from comics that they're placing in these TV shows. So there's a lot of reference points coming in and I don't really know where my focus is supposed to be. So... Like I said, that, that that watching this and then kind of following along with that, with the werewolf, I didn't want to get too excited about the werewolf. I remember I got excited about the werewolf episode two when the jackal got impaled. I looked at my daughter and I said, oh my God, that looks like a werewolf. That reminds me of a werewolf. Yeah. Before I even knew about this whole werewolf connection, I, I got excited about the werewolf. Then when I saw the comics and the QR codes, I got excited. I've, I've already read them both. I already had the Dracula one. Like... I, I am very excited for this world to come into fruition. But like I said, I just, I'm now that I, it's a possibility, like, how does it fit in with anything that's going on right so now? So, Denise, I don't have a good answer for you. However, I feel like you've been struggling. <laughs> Damn it, Shauna. I feel like you've been struggling with this for a while because you are a strategic thinker. For anybody who doesn't know Denise, this is yes. very important information. She's strategic. She wants to know what's yes. going to happen five years from now. And. This reminds me of a conversation that you had with Chadwick Boseman. Do you want to tell that story? Yes. It, 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 that's exactly what I hear happening right now. I was at a Nerd HQ forum, and he was the surprise mystery guest with Zach Levi. And uh, I got to ask a question and stood up and asked him point blank, what Black Panther comics did you read? What story arc is this movie going to be about? Because I need to know, what's the story arc? And he looked he looked around like he was actually thinking of what to tell me. And Zach Levi cut it off. He was like, is this a trap? <laughs> and I was like, no, it's an actual question. He can answer it, right? No, he can't answer it. And then Chadwick just told me I was good. And then laughed at me and told me to read all of them. Who has time for that? I don't. Just give me... <laughs> Give me something to focus in on. There's just so much coming at me. And that's where I'm saying, like, it's so much right now. What do I need to know? Like, for Doctor Strange. Nothing. Now there's a clear path. Nothing. Well, I know. Now they're kind of... No, because there were times where they told me to go back and watch Age of Ultron. And God, I'm not doing that. don't do it. Oh, I know. But there is kind of a clear path of what to follow to get ready for Doctor Strange. I just want to know, what am I What am I getting ready for? Okay. Should I be reading Werewolf by Night? No. Should I be going no. back and read all the Draculas? Is it setting up for Blade? Here, What's happening? Here's the thing. If if you've never read Werewolf by Night before, don't read it now just so that you know, so that you think you know what's going to happen because that's not what it's going to be. It's too late. No, it's too late because I just read both of the issues that they put in the and show. And that might not have anything to do with the show. Well, then why give it to me? 
because they wanted to, they need you to know about the Werewolf by Night run. They don't need you to have an intimate knowledge of what it is so that so that you already know what's going to happen in the MCU because that's never happened so far. I've, I've read Infinity Saga front and back I don't know how many times. If I was somebody who needed to know, the way the MCU presented it would have driven me crazy. Yeah. Enjoy it as a fan. You don't have to know everything that's going to happen for you to enjoy it. So my whole thing is it takes like, I don't trust DC. They, they've, they've given me no reason to trust them. Just like, I don't trust, I don't trust Sony. If I see, if I see Sony's name on a project, especially if it's comic book related, I'm like, okay, well, I'll catch, I'll, I'll catch it when it comes out on, on streaming or whatever. Same way with DC. I'm, okay. If it's not, an, if it's animated DC, I'm in. If it's live action, uh, I'm, I'll see you when I see you. But with, with what Marvel has done, as far as the MCU is concerned, I know I can just go watch it and it'll be okay, except for Eternals. I know, I, I know it'll at least be okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's, it's not that I need to know everything. <laughs> I just feel like I have to stay at the ready all the time. That's just, that's all. But I don't know. So overall thoughts on the show. Shauna. Wow. Hot seat right out of the gate. Uh, overall thoughts are, <laughs> it's not the straight from the jump. I'm totally invested kind of like WandaVision or even Loki I was invested right away like it's not like that so far but we have three more episodes to go it's only a six episode run so they must have a very fine-tuned trajectory I like the introduction of you know a different kind of mythology I I don't have a good history or a good handle on Moon Knight so as, as a character so I can't speak to what's going on or what the forward thinking is with introducing this but I love Oscar Isaac's portrayal. Uh, Ethan Hawke is doing a great job as an arrow. They're they're doing a good job of of setting up that tension. I'll keep watching, but it really is kind of because I will watch Marvel shows and not because I love these characters. You know? yeah. But I don't. I also don't have a lot of reason not to like it either. Like they haven't given me anything that made me really immediately just say, "F, I'm not going back." So I, maybe that's where I am. I guess I'm yeah. warm. Where I will continue. I'll see it out. I'll do it. But it's definitely not something yeah. that, like Wednesday nights. I am like, let's tee it up. Let's go. Like not. Nah, eh, you know, I wait until we have a podcast on it. <laughs> yeah that's where i'm I'm lukewarm on it too yeah it's no wonder i'm not even going to say wandavision because wandavision took me a minute too i I, actually in that regard it kind of is wandavision where it took me a minute to warm up to it i was there i was invested like you said like david said i'm not up first thing in the morning like at the crack of dawn watching it um like some of the other shows but like loki i was in uh, i was in on loki um, it was the first thing I did in the morning. This, yeah, I'll get to it. I, again, Oscar Isaac is putting on a, a goddamn masterclass. I hope I get my, my gods. I probably won't, but, and I'll just keep watching the, um, historians do their thing. <laughs> I'm excited for the second half. Yes. I, I, I remain optimistic and I know, yes. uh, I probably came off as super negative this episode, but no. I mean, I did on purpose, so I hope I did. I don't like it so far. There's a difference between being negative and being honest and being authentic. And if you're being honest and authentic, I think that's fine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I I want it to be good. And I think that's where a lot Mm -hmm. of my frustration comes from. And like I said, and for me, it's it's the writing 
and it's a direction. You tell me as a director that you were disgusted with the way Wonder Woman 84 presented Egypt to us. And then you bring the most powerful gods in Egyptian mythology to us to hold a trial and you make them morons. There was a better way to write that if you cared. And for somebody to go out of their way to to shit on somebody else's work, you don't get to do that and then present to me what you presented about the same country you were trying to defend. Because that was lazy. To just say, bring Arthur in here, let's talk to him. Arthur says, oh, he's crazy. I'm not digging. Yeah, I was in the desert, but you know, so are a lot of people. And they just say, yeah, that's, that sounds reasonable. Kanchu just changed the fucking sky to come here and jerk us around for 15 minutes and we're not even going to check into it. You don't get to do what you did to Patty Jenkins and then give me that. So hopefully the second half is a better example of what you wanted Egypt to be because what you gave me so far is disappointing. That That's where I'm at with it. Okay, so now I think we're going to get into what we're looking forward to or what we're excited about coming up. Uh, Denise, is there anything that you're looking forward to or that you're watching now that you're really hype about? Um, I have lots of things I'm excited about. First of all, I saw it on Twitter the other day. We are less than 100 days away from San Diego Comic-Con. I almost wanted to like Hulk rip my shirt just then. I'm so excited to get back to San Diego and get back to Comic-Con. I cannot. I missed it so much. Um, but before that, and I, we'll probably talk about this another day, but there are other conventions coming up before that that I'm also excited about. Um, as far as what I'm watching, I actually just kind of wrapped up my shows. Um, Attack on Titan, check. Um, I watched Coach Row Lives Alone, check. Um, started Spy and Family, that's a cute little show, check. Um, what else? I am, and now that I am kind of wrapped up, I am going to finish The Watchmen so that we can have that discussion that you wanted to Thank you. Okay, have. yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, God. Oh. Um, yeah, and then everything else is kind of wrapped. Like I said, yeah, the dropout wrapped up. Everything, I feel like, is wrapped. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shauna, is anything you, you are watching or playing right now that you're, that you're excited you about? You didn't ask me what I was playing. Because you're not playing nothing. I got back into Animal Crossing. It's it's Easter Bunny time. Like I said, you're not playing nothing. Shauna is it? Please, <laughs> <laughs> we will we'll invite my sister onto the podcast one time, and you two can just do Animal Crossing. And David, and I will <laughs> thank out. you. It is a game, damn it. <laughs> David and I will. I'm playing it. I came up big in the in the stonk market. Four hundred thirty-one <laughs> bells a turnip. Did that really happen? It, no, it really did. Okay. I bought turnips for ninety three, flipped them for four thirty one. Stonk market? The stock market? The stock market. Let's go. Four thirty one a turnip. Flipped them. Shana, please help me. Is there anything you're watching right now? Wow. Okay. Cool. Um, so let's see. Uh, Outlander is still doing great things. Um. I did start checking out Our Flag Meets Death, and I see what you're saying, David, before about it kind of starting a little bit slow. Uh, but I'm 
I'm taking your recommendation. I'm sure it will turn around. Uh, the other thing that husband and I are watching right now is called The Minx on HBO Max, and it's pretty hilarious. Um, I'm really enjoying that. What is The Minx? So The Minx is Jake Johnson from New Girl, which is a show that I love. He is a magazine publisher. I think it's in like the 70s, like height of sexism and everything kind of being very bad for females. But he decides to publish mm-hmm. a female forward magazine editor. He takes her initial mm-hmm. idea and her initial idea is to make a very like angry feminist magazine. But he makes it or pornographic feminist magazine and so it's really the conflict and the push and pull between him being like yeah but women like dildos and double dongs and things and that's what we need and her being like no but we need to talk about abortion rights and things like that so they're push and pull and and navigating the business world together it's it's actually it's just very entertaining the cast is stellar it's very very funny and um they take content that you don't really think would be funny and they really stick the landing on it okay denise for you um Mm -hmm. just because i absolutely love jake johnson um Mm -hmm. you remember him from spider-man into the spider-verse he played the peter yes he did so good Okay. He's all, you saw it in my face. Yeah, I, I, I saw. It, I I, I okay. love New Girl probably more than anybody oh. on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Johnson's a goddamn national treasure. He really um, is. I okay, because yeah. yeah, when you said something from New Girl, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> at current, I just finished Severance. The season finale was this past Friday. Um, mm-hmm. it is one of the most original and creative things I've seen in the 38 years I've been on this planet. I Amazing. Actually, I need, I do need to watch that because you have been talking I about I read all the spoilers. I'm very excited. I, I'm, Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> I, I love that show so much. Um, I have not watched all of Minx, but so what I have seen so far is I've seen the, I think the first two episodes and I like those. I have discovered a streaming service called Zeus. Holy shit, it's a whole new world for me. Uh it's nothing nerd related, but if you have ever watched Love and Hip Hop and thought I need to hear them cuss and I would actually like to see people get punched in the face, download Zeus. I think it's like 10 bucks a month. That's expensive. I I don't I, don't, I think it's, it might be 5, I don't remember. Um but Chance yeah. Real Chance of Love has another dating show. It is toxic as fuck and he is a horrible person but there's some funny parts to it uh they got a bad boys club that's kind of like bad girls club except worse because it's somehow homophobic (laughs) like they found two straight guys to be in a house full of gay guys and those two straight guys hate gay guys and i don't understand how that dynamic works but but everybody's fighting (laughs) everybody's fighting and that's interesting What's old girl from Love and Hip Hop? Jocelyn? Mm-hmm. She's got a cabaret uh, show yes, on there. Yes, she does. Yep. I didn't know they were showing nipples. They're showing nipples? There's nudity. How I was like, European oh, okay. of them. Right. Because normally they don't do that. They just kind of blur them out and it's weird looking. But then on this one, they let, them, they let you see them and it's also weird looking. So a lot of weird surgeries. 
they're not where they're supposed to be. And it's, yeah, it's, it's it, it gets weird. But that's what I love so far. I've, I've been watching it. I'm going to get back into nerd shit. But right now, I just went super hood, and I, I don't feel like coming back yet. So That's okay. Stay there. Do you, man. It's a, it's, it's, a, you. it's a fun place to be sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, well, thanks, everybody, for joining us today on The Spirit of Nerds while we did our rundown of the Moon Knight series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, you can follow us on all of the socials that you can think of at The Spirited Nerds. Uh, that's Instagram, that's TikTok, that's YouTube, Facebook. Just look us up. That's where we have a lot of our, you know, other content. Don't judge us elder millennials while we try to figure out TikTok. We really are trying our best. Really We're trying are, so hard. My best is not good enough because I don't understand it. Anyways, well, thanks everybody for joining us. And um, we'll see you next time on Spirited Nerds. Oh, 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 oh,